Amen. I got, I'm hooked up, bro. I'm good to go. What are my words? Bible, God, and gift. Bible, God, and gift. Bible, God, and gift. Bible, God, and gift. So if you're like, what the heck is going on? So John John does the coolest activity sheets for the kids. So if you didn't grab an activity sheet, then you're nuts. If you're a kid, I know some people are like, ooh, that's a good idea. Um, you could like grab a kid and have them beside you and like fill it out maybe. But um, And he always has cool things on there like draw a picture of the preacher or um, how many word times do they say stuff. So that's what that was all about, but beside the point. All right. Hey, um, good to see you again. Kia ora, kia ora. Hey, um, I just love that section that John John read because one of the things we're going to keep talking about, so if you're... Um, I don't know, new or you've just popped up after the break. Um, we're doing a series on giftings, and we're going to be in this gifting series for a couple of months, right? Just unpacking each of the um, spiritual gifts that we have as believers. So I'm going to look at a couple today. And one of the big things we're going to bring out is what you saw in that passage um, that John John read, where it's like, if you have the gift of um, encouragement, then encourage. If you have the gift of giving, give generously. And one of my favorite ones is if you have the gift of leadership, he says, develop that really well. So whenever he talks about it, it's like if you've got that gift, then you have that responsibility to really work on that and build that up and develop that. So that's something we're going to keep talking about. Um, I'm going to look at a couple today, but let me just do the kind of intro um, kind of key verse that we've been uh, talking about a whole bunch as we go through. So um, to me, this is real Real key. Um, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other, right? So this is one of the verses that we just want to keep coming back to when we think about this whole gifting series. And just a couple of little points been bringing out. I'll go real brief because I've talked about this a couple of times before. Um, the first one, it's given to each of us, right? So if you're a follower of Jesus, then you have a spiritual gift. So it doesn't matter whether you're um, the most Jesusy person on the planet, like Shelley, or the shadiest person on the planet, like... Nah, imagine that, saying that, <laughs> like me. It'd be terrible. Everyone's like, ah. Um, um, and everyone who is a follower of Jesus has a spiritual gift, right? And as you saw in the passage that John John read, then as followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility to figure out what is the gift um, and how do I use it. So one of the things I've been real excited about is over the last couple of weeks when we've been going through this gifting series, I've had heaps of people who come to church here come up to me and either say, I have no idea. I'm so excited. I've never known what spiritual gift I have. This is going to be so cool, which I'm like, woohoo. And then other people go almost sad, like, oh, man, I've never known. I've really missed out on experiencing God working through me for all these years, but now I'm going to find out. And then they change to excitement. So everyone who's a follower of Jesus um, has a spiritual gift. Um, the second thing is what it says at the end, right? It's so we can help each other, so we can build it up. So um, if someone has a certain spiritual gift, it's never just for them to be walking around going, yes, I am amazing and incredible with whatever that gift is, right? It's for us, right? Yeah, there's, you receive joy, you receive encouragement, you receive fulfillment when you use that gift, but that's not the core purpose. The core purpose is to build us up and to bless us. And the ones I'm going to look at today are real important to get that around because they're easy ones to, to mess up. And then the last thing is they're given, right? And this is kind of what I was saying at the beginning. Because they're given to us by the Holy Spirit, think of them like this. At Christmas, who loves getting presents at Christmas? Seriously? Liars. Everyone. Does anyone get a gift and be like, oh, I really No. So who loves getting gifts at Christmas? Still some people don't. I'll pray for you, Jaden. I'm going to pray for you, bro. It's shocking. Um, everyone loves getting gifts. But if you think about it, it's really almost, almost irrelevant who the receiver is, it's all to do with the giver. Does it make sense? 
So if the giver is loaded, then as a receiver, you're like, yeah, baby, thanks, God, for bringing this super rich person into my life because they are going to hook me up at Christmas time, right? It doesn't really matter who you are. It's all about the giver. Whereas if the giver's broke, you're kind of like, oh, stink, they're giving me socks. You know what I mean? Hey, that's, I'm joking. No one would be sad with socks. It's all about the giver and who the giver is. But the, the key is who the giver is, but it's also how strong that relationship is, Right? Does it make sense? If I, like Joel, I know Joel kind of a little bit, so maybe I'd give him something at Christmas, but it will be something random because I don't, I don't know what. But when I give my wife Josephine a present, man, I know her super well. I love her like crazy. So the gift's going to be real significant and perfect for her. Makes sense, eh? So it's the same with us and the Holy Spirit. Um, it almost doesn't matter who you are. What matters is that you're in a relationship with Jesus. But what does matter is that relationship, and then it matters that the Holy Spirit is... <laughs> all-powerful, all-knowing, all-awesome. And so the gift he's going to give you is going to be perfect for you, and it's just going to make you go, as you use it and serve it, because the gifts are given to us. So again, it doesn't matter, and I've kept saying the same cheesy phrase, right? It doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, right? It doesn't matter whether you can quote the entire Bible or when someone says, turn to Matthew, you're like, oh, man, I hate this Matthew. Where the heck, you know? What matters is the relationship, is the connection, because the gifts are given to us, and then we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Does it make sense, eh? Some of you are looking at me like, yeah, bro, and some people are like, what the heck is this weirdo on about? But bad luck, you're stuck for the next 25 minutes, so. <laughs> All good. Hey, let me illustrate this. So um, I'm going to talk about two today, but I'm hoping to unpack a whole bunch of, um, or remove a whole bunch of confusion that we have. So uh, a lot of the gifts can kind of be packaged together. You can see them coming together. Um, and so four that people often put together and get real confused on is um, gift of knowledge, gift of wisdom, gift of prophecy, and gift of discernment. And so a lot of people kind of go, what? how's discernment different from prophecy? How's prophecy different from not? Blah. So hopefully at the end, you'll get a bit of an understanding. So I'm going to talk about knowledge and wisdom today, those gifts. But I'm just going to highlight a little bit prophecy and a little bit discernment, which I'll unpack um, on another Sunday, just so we can start seeing the, the differences. But we kind of see these are different shades, right? Um, so let me illustrate those, the knowledge and wisdom like this. So uh, as you all know, Jason and I lived in the States for a whole bunch of years. And when we were in Chicago, we were doing undergrad and went to a big university there in Chicago. And uh, we were both doing um, BAs, so Bachelor of Arts in theology, and because I'm such a nerd, I did a, a BA in theology, theology. So I majored in theology and minored in theology because I'm just such a theology geek. I don't know, whatever that is. Um, and part of those BA degrees, you have to do some languages, so we both had to do Greek, right, which is super cool. Um, but Joe's is real smart with languages, and I'm just shocking. So I had to work my, I guess I can say butt, I was going to be like, oh, you let us say that in church? I don't know. Worked my butt off to actually understand languages and learning Greek was just, oh, it was so much work. But it was real interesting. So we had a lecturer um, who was called Dr. Sauer. Yeah, Dr. Sauer. And he was, that's, oh, you people are horrible judging. For, no, I'm joking. Um, and so he was an ex-Marine, right? So as in the Marine, let's all jump off things and shoot things and all that. So he was a slightly older guy, still had a flat top had a real strong southern accent, and was pretty full-on in class. Loveliest guy ever, but in class he was pretty like... So he used to get in trouble with campus security all the time for sleeping in his office. And so no one was allowed to sleep in the offices, obviously, at the university. But what he would do is he'd often um, do a night class, which would finish around 9, 9.30, and then he lived an hour away. So instead of driving home, he would just literally 
in what he was wearing, lie on the floor of his office um, on the carpet, sleep, and then wake up in the morning, go to the campus gym, do a little workout, have a shower, and then back into the day. And campus security would be coming around at two, and they'd open the door and be like, ah, he's this dead guy, and it's no, he's sleeping. He was always getting in trouble. So he's pretty hardcore, though, even though he was a little bit older. He was probably not that old, but then he fell off. Anyway, so his class was mildly terrifying because what he would say, and he'd always call everyone by their last name because it was this military, southern, crazy thing. And so he would often say, because a lot of learning a language is vocab, right? You just vocab, vocab, vocab. And he'd do this thing where he would constantly be like, Barrow, and I'd always sit in the back and try and hide. And he'd just be like, Barrow, pass that verb. So if you know languages, pass that verb means give me the tense, the mood, the voice, you know, all that stuff we talk about. Now, I would know it, but I would instantly just go blank and just be like, ah, terrified. But Joe would be beside me, and she just knew it all. And so she'd be whispering to me, present tense, second, you know, whatever, <laughs> which everyone in the class would hear. Dr. Sal would hear, and normally he'd just be like, either, oh, man, like disappointment, you know, that, oh, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed, or, well, he'd just chuckle away as well, and I'd just feel like, stink. But Joe saved me, because then I didn't look quite so stupid. One of the things that we loved about his class, or sorry, outside class, he was, um, a lot of students wanted to have coffee with him because his knowledge of the Bible was just unbelievable. It was just awesome, especially New Testament, because that's what he specialised in. So heaps of students would want to catch him for coffee or for lunch, and this is where you'd see his gift of knowledge. So, and I'll unpack this, and we'll look at um, definitions and stuff in a minute, but the gift of knowledge is when someone takes a biblical truth often verses they've memorized or applies a Bible story to a person's situation. And so one of the things students love doing well and catching up with Dr. Sal was that they'd catch him for a coffee or something, talk about their situation. And he wouldn't do what we're going to call, what I'm going to explain as a gift of wisdom, where he'd um, give practical truth to a situation and guidance and direction. He would often just say, hey, have you thought about this verse? Or, wow, it's interesting in the Old Testament you see... The, the Israel going through this, and God did that, and it would just speak to that person's situation, right? So that's the gift of knowledge, taking biblical truth, and not so much applying it, but just highlighting things that they're seeing from the Bible. And students just thought this was fantastic. And one of the things that Joseph and I loved most about his class, the classes, lectures were only an hour, um, but he would start every lecture, and this is where you'd see the gift of wisdom coming out, because a lot of people have multiple gifts, and a lot of people who have the gift of knowledge also have the gift of wisdom, right? And I'll talk about that a bit more. The thing we loved the most about his Greek classes is that he would start every class, again, it's only an hour, but he'd usually take 15, sometimes maybe 20 minutes to take a, a Greek word or a Greek phrase or something happening in Greek culture at the time of Jesus and just bring the most powerful, amazing devotion ever. And so you'd kind of think, Greek class, <laughs> there's never going to be any Jesus. or But you'd sit there just like the number of times Joseph and I'd be sitting there just going, and his wisdom would come across in that situation. So he had the gift of knowledge where he could meet with someone and bring biblical truth to that. But he also had the gift of wisdom where he would just give incredible guidance and direction and stuff. Do you kind of see the difference? I always think knowledge and wisdom are like two shades of the same kind of thing. And prophecy and discernment's a little bit different. So anyway, that's where we're going to go. So Dr. Sal was the man. We just loved it. It was that whole... Somewhere between absolute terror and absolute loving his class. It was great for the devotion. Then as soon as the devotion finished and he prayed, I'd be like trying to hide. And he'd be like, Barrow, pass. And I'd just be like, ah, shivers. I got nothing. But I passed the class, so who cares, right? All good. Hey, so this is the first one, knowledge. Um, and I put down here, knowledge is um, a lot more than being smart, right? One of the key things I've got to keep remembering, because I, I forget it, and I think we can forget it as we go through these gifts, is 
it's not just someone being really good at that thing. It's someone often being good at that thing, but then it's empowered by the Holy Spirit to be amazing. To me, that's real key, right? So someone might have um, the gift of helps. We've already talked about that, the gift of service. Um, They might just generally be a real nice person who likes helping people. But that's not the gift of service. The gift of helps, it's when the Holy Spirit comes along and empowers them to do something amazing with that. That's when we go, oh, wow, they have the gift of service, gift of helps. Does that make sense how you see the difference? Man, I'm just loving the feedback. It's blowing my mind. Like, everyone's with me. (laughs) I'm just going to cry a little bit. Hey, so here's um, the verse that we said in. And like I said, they're kind of shades. So you see both of them in this one. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge, right? So you see them right um, real close together. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. So one of the things we've got to do is realize these are two different gifts. Some people have both. Some people just have one. Um, But there's some difference in them. So we've got to figure out what that difference is. We can't just be like, oh, someone who's got the gift of knowledge speaks wisdom into a situation. It's like, no, 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 that's the gift of wisdom. So the gift of knowledge is something different, right? Um, So let me check out the definition of gift of knowledge, and then I'll try and explain a bit more. So the gift of knowledge, to seek to learn as much about the Bible as possible through the gathering of much information and analyzing of of that data. A word of knowledge is a spirit-revealed truth. And that's that key, right? It's a spirit-revealed truth. It's not just them being smart. That's how I started this little section. Let me read again. To seek to learn as much about the Bible as possible through the gathering of much information and the analyzing of that data. A word of knowledge is a spirit-revealed truth, right? So let me just bring a couple of thoughts out of that um, definition and, and where we see it in the Bible. First of all, people that have the gift of knowledge normally have a really, really good understanding of the Bible, right? Often they're those people that just love to memorize the Bible, and we get really jealous of them because they can just quote verses, and we're like struggling to just memorize like John 3.16, and we're like, man, I still haven't got it, and they're just like cranking them out. You're like, what? Again, it's, it's, it's something they love. Our, our gifts always align with things we love, right? God's not horrible up there, and he's like... <laughs> Jacob hates such and such, so I'm going to give him the gift. Like, Jacob hates helping people. I'm going to give him the gift of helps. That's not how God is. God knows Jacob, knows what Jacob loves doing, right? And so he gives him a gift that lines up with that. So people that have the gift of knowledge just love studying the Bible and memorizing and, and digging into it. Um, so that, that, they often have memorized good chunks of it and stuff, right? Um, the, the second thing is this is not just knowledge that they've gained from the Bible. Like it says at the end, it's spirit-revealed truth, right? So one of the things that we've got to keep remembering is it's not just that so-and-so has memorized teach of the Bible and can walk around just quoting verses at everyone like some super cool Bible nerd person. It's that they're... Well, let me give you this illustration. I was going to do this a little bit later on, but I'll do it now. And I'm going to pick on Will, and it's his fault for being at church. So bad luck, bro. So Will is someone who just loves the Bible, and I'd definitely say Will has the gift of knowledge, and I'd say he has the gift of wisdom, but that's coming later, so we're just thinking gift of knowledge. And if you were um, connecting in with us during the big lockdown last year, one of the things that I loved was with those little daily devotions that came out each morning, and Will's ones were just awesome, right? Especially the one, if you remember them, do you remember the one where he was driving to work and the sun was coming up, and he wasn't holding the phone, someone else was holding the phone, and Will was just talking and unpacking a verse. It was just super cool. His, his were really good. And what you saw Will doing in those is unpacking um, 
um, a verse and not necessarily giving guidance and direction and stuff, but just unpacking that verse. What does this, this verse mean? So this would be an illustration of Will using his gift of knowledge. Um, he's, Will's one of the elders, leaders here at church, right? So church finishes and we're all boosting out to do whatever. And Will sees someone hanging around after church. And he just senses from the spirit. This is the key, right? It's not just Will having a good idea. He just knows deep in his soul that the spirit is saying, Will, I want you to go and talk to that person. And because he's obedient, he boosts over, sits beside that person, and this is the gift of knowledge, remember, and just says, hey, how are you doing? What's happening in your situation? And they tell him, it might be something really exciting, might be a struggle, might be a sin they're wrestling with, whatever. Will's there because he knows the spirit has asked them to come, um, him to come to that person. Now, because he has the gift of knowledge, as soon as that person starts talking, the Holy Spirit might bring verses to his mind that he studied. This is where he's got to study, right? So you can't have the gift of knowledge if you're like, Bible, what? Where do I find, you know what I mean? It's got to, there's got to be a lot of work beforehand. As the person shares, Will just knows, and he knows it's God bringing it, or he believes it's God bringing it. We can never be 100% sure, and I'm going to talk about that. And he just says to the person, wow, that's so interesting. Have you thought about these verses when Jesus said this, blah, 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 here? And because it's the Spirit guiding, and the person hopefully is going to be like, wow, I've never thought about that before. So it's just, does it make sense, eh? So that's what we'd call a word of knowledge, where, where Will's come along beside someone who's struggling or excited or whatever's going on in their life, knows that the Spirit's leading him to go and sit with them, and then shares biblical truth with them. Maybe some of the understanding he's had around it kind of unpacks it for them. So does it make sense? Okay. Let me just one more illustration to illustrate this. So I was driving over this morning, and I listened to, um, I listened to heaps of podcasts, and I was listening to one called Ask N.T. Wright Anything. So N.T. Wright is one of the top New Testament scholars on the planet, right? Man, sorry, Will. Will's like, man, stuff these illustrations with me, and I love that heck. Um, so N.T. Wright is one of the top New Testament scholars, and they have this program every two weeks, and people can just write in, um, email in questions, and then he just gets asked them without any prep, and he's just the man, he asks all things. And someone wrote in and said, um, my father died uh, last year um, at a real young age, and I am just struggling with grief, and I cannot get past the grief. It's just destroying me. What do I do? And he didn't do the gift of wisdom, which he often does, but he did the gift of knowledge, and he straight away said to the person, what would be really helpful to you is to read the story of the death of Lazarus. And he said, don't rush through it, and don't get to the part where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Just read the part where Mary is weeping, where Martha is weeping, but realize that Jesus is coming, and he's going to bring hope and stuff. And so he just shared that biblical truth, and then he talked more about that story. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was driving over going, oh, that's the gift of knowledge that I was going to talk about. It was so cool. He didn't then give guidance and direction and stuff. He literally just said, I encourage you to dwell on that story for a while. Don't rush through. Makes sense, eh? Gift of knowledge. I think so. Yes, Craig, it totally makes sense. That was awesome, bro. Thanks, man. Who are you, Craig? I don't even know. I'm just, nah. Um, so this is different from prophecy, right? I'm going to talk about prophecy um, in a bit. So wisdom would add some, some guidance, some practical life steps. Um, and prophecy is even bigger and more general than, than what I'm saying. So we'll get to prophecy um, in a little bit of time. I think the, the key phrase for gift of knowledge is the sharing of biblical truth. That's an easy way to think about it, right? The sharing of, of biblical truth, right? And one of the key things to always remember with any gifts that we're using, especially these ones where we're saying, I think God is saying, so that's this prophecy, discernment, knowledge, wisdom, is to test what's being said, which makes sense, right? If someone comes to you and says, Shelley, 
God's given me a word that you should shave your head. And Shelly's like, well, okay, Rex, is her husband. Okay, Rex, I'm off to the bar. God's, you know, it's like, wow, you're just nuts, right? And Rex would punch me in the face. And Rex is big, and I'd be broken for a long time. Um, we're always going to test it. So let's look at a couple of verses on this testing, because to me this is real crucial, because otherwise things can turn to custard real fast. So here's the first one, um, 1 John 4.1. So if you've got your Bible, jump over there. Right? It's always good to follow along. I'm a big believer the Spirit speaks to us much more clearly when we see, not just hear God's words. So if you've got your Bible, 1 John 4, just going to read verse 1, and we're thinking about this whole testing everything idea. Okay, just while you're flicking there, hopefully a few people are flicking. Um, I put up that picture of coffee because one of the things I love about working here is often Takash and Dave just nerd out on coffee in the afternoon. So once the cafe shuts, um, we'll often be working upstairs, and often Takash will be blending his own like crazy blends of coffee, and he'll take beans from one roastery, beans from another roastery, beans, and then he'll come up with these little shots of coffee for him and Dave. He, sometimes I get them, but when I drink them, I just go... Tastes like coffee. <laughs> and he's like, oh. and then him and Dave, and he'll be like, oh, yes, I did 35 grams of this bean and 27 grams of this and whatever. And I'm just like, over my head, no idea what they're talking about. And then they both sip it, and they're just like, oh, wow, you can taste overtones of cauliflower and broccoli or whatever. I don't know. What do you say, like apricot and citrus? I don't know. And it's just like they're testing, and they're always trying different mixes, testing, testing to find the chosen blend, right? It's so cool. So it's, we're thinking about testing stuff when people says, thing, says things to us. And we're going to look at these two verses. So we're going to look at 1 John 4, 1. Then we're going to look, which is very different from 1 Corinthians 14, 29. So let me read 1 John 4, 1. Dear friends, I just love to say, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. <laughs> it's pretty blunt. So in other words, when someone comes and says to you, God has given me a word, you go, hmm suspicious. You know what I mean? Let me check. That's what he's saying. And this is real interesting what he says next. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. Let me read that again. You must test them. He's not talking about testing their message. That's going to come in the Corinthians passage in a minute. Here he says you must test them. In other words, you must test that the spirit they, they claim to be representing is actually the Holy Spirit, is actually God speaking through them. And what that means is I look at their character, I look at their life, I look at their journey. So again, picking on Will, sorry bro, not sorry, um, Will talks to someone afterwards, he says, oh, I wonder if God's saying this, you should, you know, he'd say, you should check this out, he's, he's going to say that. That person then has a responsibility, according to this verse, we're going to talk about testing the message in a minute, but to test Will. So they have a responsibility to just sit back, maybe over the next day, weeks, whatever, and just think, does Will exhibit the character of Jesus Christ? Do I see in Will's life someone who's indwelt by the Holy Spirit or not? They have that responsibility. They don't just go, whoa, thanks, bro, I'm shaving my head. That, you know what I mean? Eh? They, they test him, which is real interesting. Is he a really good representative of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ? Does that make sense? Eh? Are you with me? It's good. Shot, team. Okay, hey, let's look at the next one. So the other one is the, the other side of it, 1 Corinthians 14. So this one applies directly to prophecy, but to me the logic is just real clear. It just makes sense. Um, verse 29, 1 Corinthians 14, let two or three people prophesy, and then this is the key, and let the others evaluate what is said, right? So let others evaluate what is said. So 1 John, we evaluate the person, and then um, Corinthians says we evaluate what is said, which to me is just not rocket science. It's real obvious, right? Um, I'm sure like you, in our journeys as Christians, 
you've had a bunch of people come with a word from God or a, a feeling from God or whatever they say. And none of us hopefully just go, whoa, oh my gosh, you are a prophet from the Old Testament who has just said, thus saith, wait, let me get my Bible, I'll just type it in after Revelation, there's now the book of Dave. And I, you know what I mean? We're just not like that. We're like, wow, I need to test you, and I need to test your message. And one of the things I do is, like, very rarely, I'll feel like, wow, I feel like God's wanting me to say something to someone, and I'm always real careful, I'm possibly too careful, and I'll say to that person, hey, I might be off base, but, oh, man, I just feel like God's wanting me to say this to you. But I'll always say to them, but you need to test it. I'm, I'm trying to be responsible for God and obedient to bring you this word, but now you have that responsibility to, to test this. Test me. Do you see the character of Christ? And then test my word. Um, spend some time praying over this. Dig into the Bible and see if that's what the Bible really says. Talk to some wise friends about it, right? Does that make sense, eh? We, we test it. We don't just, you know, shave our heads. Yeah. Don't shave your head, Shelley. That's freaking me out a lot. Okay. <laughs> don't touch the ear. Sorry. Hey, ladies in here, what's up with that? Us guys. We don't care. I think it's because we have a greater confidence in Jesus than you guys. It's got me. No, I'm joking. I'm joking, right? Yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, I say this next bit real carefully. Eh? One of the things I found interesting in studying both these gifts, knowledge and wisdom, was that a number of writers were like, these two, more than a lot of other ones, people become, I'm walking to the back of the stage if you're listening on the podcast, become too humble with this. And a lot of people with the gift of knowledge or the gift of wisdom, because they don't want to be seen as that guy or that girl, they just don't use this gift. And I was like, wow, I've never thought about it like that. And in our culture, there's such a culture of being careful to not come and say, I think God's saying, because we're kind of like, whoa, who do you think you are? And, and it just kept coming up and reading, and I was like, man, that's so interesting. So as a, as a pastor here, I just want to call on you, hey, if, if over the next few weeks, and we're going to be doing more unpacking of, of um, gifts, and got little workbooks that Dave's working on, where we can start going through and figuring out our passions, and calling, and gifting, and stuff. If you find you've got knowledge or wisdom, you need to, to figure out how to step into that. What does it look like for you to step into it? Humbly, again, it's not for you. To be walking home going, oh my gosh, I had 18 words for 18 people. I am, man, I can't even fit in my car. My head is so huge. It's not that. It's for, for you to be sitting during church, to be seeing things coming up on our little Facebook message of prayer thing and thinking, wow, I wonder if God wants me to speak into that situation. It makes sense, eh? And we then freak out and we run away and hide. And God's saying, no, no, step forward into that. And we need that as a church, right? We desperately need that. Okay, so that's knowledge. Um, here's wisdom, which, like I said, is a little a shade of, of knowledge. Wisdom is a lot more than just saying deep phrases, right? Wisdom's a lot more than just saying deep phrases. Um, I, <laughs> I have this crazy friend, I won't say his name, and he's the funniest guy. He's a really good guy, and he's real wise, but he always says everything in using the biggest words in the history of giant words. And so he'll say something to me, and I'll literally go, I have no idea what you just said, bro. Because every word is like the paradox. I can't even do it. I was going to be like pretend to do it, but I can't. I can't do giant words. And I'm just like, what are you saying? That's not the gift of wisdom, right? Just using giant words. Um, let's look at it again in, the, in that verse. I read it before because these two are in that same verse. First Corinthians 12. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Now, I love how he says to another. Some people 
have the gift of knowledge and they're pumped, that's them uh, working in the spirit. Some people have the gift of wisdom and they're pumped. Some people have both, right? So it kind of depends on that person, depends on the situation, depends on the needs of the church. Here's the definition for the gift of wisdom. To, and you can see how different it is to, to knowledge, right? To apply knowledge to life in such a way as to make spiritual truths quite relevant and practical. This is the difference, right? In proper decision-making in daily life situations. So gift of knowledge, bringing biblical truth, but the gift of wisdom is kind of that next step. May quote a verse, may not. It's that coming alongside someone with real guidance and insight into their situation and being super practical. So not just kind of up here and you, they leave you and you're like, I have no idea what I'm meant to do. But if they have that real gift of wisdom, as they leave, you're just like, <laughs> how did they just sum my situation up and give me next steps? And what, where did that? And it's like, oh, that came from Almighty God speaking through them because they're gifted by the Holy Spirit. So I think it's kind of obvious, but I'll go back and pick on Will. So if Will has the gift of knowledge, he sees that person, he talks to them, Maybe he talks about a verse, right, that could be encouraging or a situation in the Bible that he studied and he understands and he, he takes that to that. And they're like, wow, I've never thought about it like that. Wow, the way God dealt with blah, 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 and oh, you know, whatever. Now, if Will also had the gift of wisdom, he would then be able to say, hey, so let's talk about next steps. Let's talk about kind of the path of where God's got. You know what I mean? There'd be guidance and practical stuff kind of tied into it. So that's the difference, right? I think it's pretty clear, right? Um, and again, we need people. Again, when I was reading, it wasn't just knowledge, but it was also wisdom, where people who have this can just shy away and think, oh, I don't want to be that person. But to me, when we say to the person, hey, I think God is saying this, but you have the responsibility to test this now, test me and test the message, then we should say it with boldness, right? As a church, you want to do everything in order, like Paul says in Corinthians. We don't want people just popping up through the service, like, oh, God's told me, Joel, you should shave your head and... Shelly, you need to do an interpretive dance. And God, you know, this is going to be complete chaos. And so I loved what Eva did. Where did Eva go? You were right here. You just vanished. How did you get back there? You were over here. Nah. The other Sunday, last Sunday, Eva came to me and said, man, I really feel like God's wanting me to read out some verses, which is the gift of knowledge, right? Just talked about it. Um, she didn't just jump up and start doing it. And then we're all like, what's going on? You know, she came and talked to me, one of the leaders. What do you think? We had a little chat. Where are you going? Check it out. Yeah, let's do that. So... It's cool, but we don't want to stifle that, right? So we want to be real careful. Cool. Is everyone good? It's making sense? Yeah, yeah I think it makes sense. I think these are pretty clear. Um, let's jump over to, to here, First Corinthians um, 2. So we, again, if you've got your Bible, let's just jump there. This is just like an example of um, Paul talking about this gift of wisdom. Right, And I, I think it's really clear, but I just wanted to read a little chunk here. Where are we going? First Corinthians 2, 4 to 6. Paul says, My message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. That's one of the key things, right? If you have the gift of knowledge or the gift of wisdom, when you walk away, the person should go... Man, God just guided and directed me, not, wow, Will is so smart. Does it make sense, eh? If Will walks away and we're like, Will for president, down with Jacinda, up with Will, and it's like, whoa, that, he's used that gift wrong and, and we've misunderstood. It should be as Will walks away, it's like, oh, God, thank you for Will, but wow, how did you notice? Let's keep reading. 
Where are we? Verse 6. Yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. I love that bit. Uh, down to verse 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit, for his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we've received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Um, I wasn't going to say this next bit, but I feel like it's a good idea, so... Um, Jason and I read a conference of pastors, which is like weird, because pastors are just weird people, so when they all get together, it's just bizarre. And we were down in, um, down at this conference for, I think it was three days, um, flew in and then had a couple of days and then disappeared again. And there was a pastor there, Nigel, who I'd never met before, right? And on the th- and I'd probably, the, over the time, there was probably like 25, 30 of us, and I'd probably said, what's up, a couple of times, and that was the extent of our interaction, Right. On the last day, I was wrestling with some real big stuff in my head and just kind of not in a great place, and it was just weird, right? Um, and I was just standing, we were having breakfast, and I just kind of walked off, and I was just looking out this window at this view, just kind of talking to God, what am I doing? And this guy, Nigel, comes up, and he has this gift, right? And he comes and stands beside me, and like he should, he goes, hey, I don't know if this is from God, but I think it is. And I think God wants me to tell you. And then he just gave this little like, illustration of a thing. And it was literally like God was like, knew exactly what I was talking about, what a surprise, and sent Nigel to basically just fill in the other side of what I was wrestling with. It was the weirdest. I was like, and I said to him, well, because I started to cry, right? I'm manly, but I can cry. I started to cry, and I said, bro, how the heck did you know that? That was so accurate. And he just, he was so funny. He's like, because he should have said something deep and spiritual, but he goes, I don't know, man. God just told me to say it. And I was like, oh, what the heck? It's real funny. And then he goes, all right, test that, and wanders off. And I was like, what the heck just happened? It was so funny. And I just, so I, I got it out. So I always, when someone says I've got a word, I always pull out my phone and, and type it in, right? Write it down, because I want to test it and, and check it out later. And so, but I was so overwhelmed. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And you know, typed it into test it out, but it was one of those things where there is no way he could know what was going on in my heart. No way. But yet God knew I needed to hear something, so he talked to Nigel. Nigel was obedient. Nigel could have been like, oh, no, nah, that's dumb. Nah, nah, we're there. Nigel was obedient, and he came and just, oh, amazing. Real, just so accurate, man. How does, how does God do that? Ooh. All right, hey, let me just compare these um, four gifts briefly, and then I'm going to wrap us up. Um, so the four that I've, I've talked about, or the main ones is knowledge and wisdom, and then I just want to define prophecy and discernment. Real brief, and again, we're going to unpack these in a few weeks. So knowledge is using biblical knowledge to bring biblical truth to a situation. I've talked heaps about that. Wisdom is sharing insight and guidance in a practical way. So it's really that guidance, right, that practical steps and so on. Prophecy is way more broad than both of those, right? So prophecy is more bringing truth to an individual or to the whole church, or understanding, or correction, or repentance, or edification. So it's kind of a bigger picture than, than either of those, right? And then discernment, which is the other one that I always put in this group, discernment is simply being able to tell the difference between right and wrong. And it might be right and wrong in a situation, it might be right and wrong in the uh, direction the church is taking, it might be right and wrong in what someone's saying, 
It might be right or wrong in someone's actions. It's just those people with discernment hear something, see something, and they just know from God straight away, this is wrong or this is right. This is where God's taking us. That's discernment, but we'll unpack those all um, yeah, over the next month or so. Okay, let me finish with this, First Corinthians 13. Hey, does the worship team want to come up and make me sound super spiritual? I really wanted to finish with this. I... I don't think we, we're not one of those dumb churches where people who have a gift, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing with your, I don't know why I just went Valley Girl, but you know what I mean? Um, oh my gosh, you're so amazing with your spiritual gift. You know, we're not like that as a church, but I want to go right back to the beginning. The whole point in these spiritual gifts is, yeah, there's fulfillment and blessing for whoever has that gift, but the whole point is to build up the church, right? The whole point is to bless the church. So with my pastor hat on, I can say a slightly rude thing, which is, therefore, when you find out what your spiritual gift is, if you don't use it, you're ripping us off. <laughs> you're ripping us off because then we're missing out because the Holy Spirit has identified a need here in our church and he's anointed whoever you are with that gift and then you go, oh, nah, nah. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. Um, so I just want to read this, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. And it, to me, this is just so important because I love what Paul's talking about. So 1 Corinthians 12, he's been talking all about specific spiritual gifts like we read a couple First Corinthians 13, verse 1, he says, If I could speak, and I love this, all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy, a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, I'd be hideous. Even if I could do that, if I didn't love the people that I was serving, I'd be hideous. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. <laughs> the, the key with our gifts is that we represent, we replicate the love of Jesus for the people in the church. And we have to get over that, that extreme humility that we often want to hold on to not use that gift to bless people. Because they might think we're dumb or overstepping the mark. We have to step into these gifts, right? I just love how, how clear Paul is, right? It's, it's, the gift is important, but the attitude behind it, the desire to build up people, the desire to love people, the desire to encourage people is the, the core of it all. Um, I was talking to Shelley a little bit about this earlier this morning, and, and I was, then I was just reflecting on it. And the, one of the things that, that popped into my head is you see in, um, where is it, John 13, uh, Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. By this all people will know you're my disciples, right? Love one another. But he always adds that condition, <laughs> as I have loved you. And you see the same thing in Ephesians 5. He says, love one another, and you keep reading it. It says, love one another as I have loved you in the same way I've loved you. And it always adds this kind of like, whoa, that is really weighty. Because what when I take that truth and I apply it to, to spiritual gifts, it means, man, I need to, to be quite sacrificial towards myself and the way I use my spiritual gift to bless y'all. And the same for you. It's not just like, oh, yeah, I got the spiritual gift of whatever, we're all good. It's like, wow, how do I really build this up and use this to reflect that sacrificial love of Jesus for all these comedians at CBC? Um, let's all stand up and let me pray as I finish, eh? It's a pretty high calling, eh? It's a pretty high calling to think, wow, how do I use my gift 
in such a loving way to these people that it's not just like, oh, yeah, that was cool, but it's in a way that replicates or, or represents the love of Jesus, that sacrificial love of Jesus for these awesome and crazy people in this church. It's just massive, right? Let me pray for us. Yeah, kia ora, almighty God. Man, first and foremost, I was pause. Eh? Jesus, thank you for your death in our place. Like Phil said before, wow. We are so privileged to be called children of God, to be called into the family of God, to be safe and secure. Thank you that you don't just have our back, God. You have our front, our side, our middle, our, our everything. You are with us. You journey with us because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because he literally sacrificed himself, laid down his life for us. Um, we can have new life. We can have new energy. We can have new focus. We can be gifted and empowered by the Holy Spirit to serve you, God. Wow. And not just so we can enjoy it, which is certainly a part of it, not so that we can, not just so that we can be fulfilled, but so that we can bless other people. And I just like, I feel so strongly right now that there's heaps of people in our church that are like, man, Oh my gosh, if we had a few people in here with a gift of wisdom, that would be awesome because I'm just lost. <laughs> oh man, if we had a few people here at CBC with a gift of knowledge, oh, I would hunt them down and shout them all the coffee in New Zealand to just get a little bit of time with them to speak the truth of God into my life. Wow. Help us not to be selfish. Help us to want to be real serious about understanding our gifts so that we can do that in love and bless one another and and reflect the love of Jesus to one another. Yeah, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.